0: Jesus said there would be wars, earthquakes, famine, and pestilence. That nation would rise against nation. There would be false Christs, signs in the heavens, and the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The sun would be darkened, and the moon would not give its light. Men's hearts would fail them for fear. The destruction of Damascus, Gog and Magog, the rapture, the man of sin, Armageddon, nuclear war, destruction of society, genetic engineering, transhumanism, the UFO phenomena, global government, universal church, and doctrines of demons. Enter the realm of last days. We invite you to another exciting episode of Last Days Broadcast, where we will examine current events in light of God's prophetic word. And now your host, Pastor Jerry. Good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Last Day's
1: Broadcast. I'm your host, Pastor Jerry, and we're glad you could tune in and be with us today. We've been talking about the church, the rapture of the church, the, the, the taking of the believers back to be where the Lord is. And, you know, we, if we look at Jesus' life and ministry on the earth during the 40-day period, the disciples of Jesus were what we might call pre-church Christians. They believed in Jesus but they were not yet members of the church, for the church was not formed until the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out. During the close of the age, the disciples, or as Jesus will call them, the elect, will be what we might call post-church Christians. The church has been removed from the world. We talked about that in our last broadcast, at least from any visible participation in world affairs. And since we know that Christians will be given glorified bodies like the Lord's. Paul says that once removed from this life, the church will forever be with the Lord. Somebody say amen.
0: will will
1: ever be with the Lord. It seems highly likely that church Christians will join the Lord Jesus in His ministry behind the scenes during the tribulation. In other words, we talk about does the Lord come back twice? Or does He actually come back once for His church Remain behind the scenes in the heavens, in that, in the atmosphere around the earth. Remember, the earth is a, is in. There's a spiritual world that surrounds the physical world that we're in. The physical world being embedded in that spiritual reality. And we'll see as we move along through this broadcast. I want to look at the enemy and how his activity is around the earth and how it affects those of us who are here in the world today. And that is the very same place where Christ will take the church when we're brought and meet the Lord in the air. We'll be with the Lord, I believe, throughout the tribulation period and then we'll remain with Him and return at the perusia or the unfailing of Christ where we are the, quote, armies in heaven following on white horses, unquote. The point I want to get to today in this broadcast, where exactly are the evil angels, that is the principalities and powers in these heavenly places that you and I the church are called to battle with. Where do they reside? How are they ultimately deposed? How, how are they done away with? You know, in a very helpful book called The City of God by, and The City of Satan by Robert Linthicum, he notes the evil, that evil is deeply embedded in the major cities of the world. It has been for centuries. The fallen angels who constitute what the Bible names as the world rulers of this present darkness are associated with men and human institutions here on earth. The angels are not out there in outer space beyond the clouds because as we've seen the heavenly places actually surround us on all sides. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5 Paul says this, For though we live, that is the believer, the, the, the Christian, we live in the world, we are not carrying on a worldly war. For the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but they have divine power to destroy satanic strongholds. We destroy arguments and every proud obstacle to the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. The strongholds of evil the church is supposed to be always continually assaulting and attacking. All of our lives are in and around the cities that we live in. The world system that is here on the earth that we talk about is controlled and run by Satan and his fallen angels. Through ungodly men. There are world powers, men who are used by Satan. Some are aware of that and they're in league with him. Some are unaware of that. It matters not. I mean, they are carrying out his purposes in this world. You and I are called to a heavenly purpose while we're here in the world. We're in it, but not of it. We're here to be light and salt, to be ambassadors for Christ, to move the church forward. Jesus said, I will build my church. Moving forward and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We're to assault these strongholds of the enemy. You know, anybody that's ever tried to build a church in an inner city knows the struggles that come and the powers that oppose them as they move forward in God. You know, our church here is it's opposed by the enemy. They they don't want Uh, to see a a bastion of hope and grace and love in the community. Satan wants to stop that. He wants to do anything he can. But we're here to advance the kingdom of God. We're We're not talking about attacking people in our warfare. No, 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 no. We don't attack people. People are, again... We're to call them, to preach the gospel to them, to say, hey, you know, come to faith in Christ. He'll set you free. He'll deliver you. When I was not a believer or a Christian, I was used by the enemy for his purposes. But God transferred me, hopefully like He has you, from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of His Son, light. And we no longer walk by that same drumbeat that the world walks by. We look at what's going on in the world as believers who are awake. And we shake our heads at what's going on. This is crazy. This is outrageous. How can this be? And some of the things people are saying now are so far-fetched, we're like, really? This is what we're doing? This is what's going on? Well, they're being controlled by these spiritual powers. The overall goal of Jesus in returning to the earth is to set up His kingdom here with Jerusalem as His capital city of a ultimately restored earth. That's the goal of Christ. That's what the Bible speaks of. It speaks of returning rulership of the earth back to mankind and away from these principalities and powers. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. In Hebrews twelve, it closes with a warning to God's next that God's next radical intervention in history will be more than just shaking of the earth as he did at Sinai. He will shake the heavens as well and Hebrews 12, 25-28, we have these words. See that you do not refuse Him who is speaking. That is God. And God is speaking, Frank, today. Just listen for Him. You'll hear His voice. For if they did not escape when they refused Him who warned them on earth, much less shall we escape if we reject Him who warms from heaven. His voice then, that is, with Israel, when He took them out of Egypt, shook the earth, But now as He promised, yet once more shall I shake not the earth, but also heaven. Not just the earth, but heaven. Praise God. The phrase yet once more indicates the removal of that which is shaken as of what has been made in order that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore let us be grateful, that is you and I the believer, for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. God is coming back through the Messiah Jesus. He's going to establish His kingdom on the earth, but He will first evict those who are running the show today, so to speak. He's going to evict them. And you and I as Christians, we we look forward to that, and I do believe we'll play a part alongside Him uh, during this period of time. You know, we read in Revelation 16 and it describes the fall of all the major of the earth in the last great earthquake occurring at the time Christ returns to the Mount of Olives. Evidently riding the earth of the legions of evil angels who rule the world system from these heavenly places and removing the majority of men who hate God to the very death, it will involve the near destruction by God of this whole planet. The Bible says here in Revelation that the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. Notice that air. And a loud voice came out of the temple that is in heaven from the throne saying, It is done. And there were flashes of lightning, voices, peals of thunder, a great earthquake such as had never been since there were men on the earth. So great was that earthquake, the great city of Jerusalem was split into three parts. And the cities of the nations fell. And God remembered Babylon the great to make her drain the cup of the fury of His wrath. And every island fled away and no mountains were to be found. And great hailstones heavy as a hundredweight dropped on men from heaven till men cursed God for the plagues of the hail. So fearful was that plague. Revelation 16:17 through 21. Now Isaiah spoke of the same time of great shaking. That's what's coming when Christ returns. He's coming. He's going to shake everything that can be shaken. So that which cannot be shaken will remain. That which is of Him will remain. Praise God. And you and I, church, we're going to be with the Lord. We'll be there either assisting or watching Him do His work here on the earth. That's what's up ahead. Isaiah says this in chapter 24, verse 17-23. through Terror and the pit and the snares are upon you, O inhabitants of the earth. That's what's coming. He who flees at the sound of terror shall fall into the pit. He who climbs out of the pit shall be caught in the snare. For the windows of heaven are open and the foundations of the earth tremble. The earth is utterly broken. The earth is rent asunder. The earth is violently shaken. The earth staggers like a drunken man. It sways like a hut. Its transgressions lie heavy upon it. And it falls and will not rise again. On that day, the Lord will punish, listen to me, the host of heaven, that's the angels of heaven, He will punish them in heaven and in the kings of the earth He'll punish those kings on the earth. You see the dual nature, the kings of the earth that are doing what they're doing today and the angels that are in that atmosphere around the earth that control them, God is going to punish them. He's going to bring judgment upon them. And in that judgment, He's going to shake the entire earth to His very foundation. The earth is going to go through an upheaval. Like they will be talking about climate change. Friends, it's coming. But not in the way that these worldly people talk about it. It's coming because God's going to shake everything on this earth. And ultimately, He's going to install His Son, hallelujah, on His holy hill in Jerusalem. Glory to God. And you and I, my friend, that are faithful to Him, are going to rule and reign with Christ for that entire millennium. Glory. Ultimately, there will be a new heaven and new earth. But I want us to see something here in Genesis. Man was put on the earth in the very first place. To rule and reign here as God's steward and king. You and I were made in the image and likeness of God. And God wants us to be above and not beneath. God wants us and created us with His original intent to rule. And yet sin derailed that. The world fell into the hands of the adversary when man, Adam, abdicated his authority through sin. He became a servant of sin. Now I want to look here in the scriptures in Hebrews 2. And we're going to see something very powerful. For it was not to the angels that God subjected the world or the age to come. The angels are not going to rule in the next age. Now this present age, God turned over the nations to the angels to assist him in ruling of man behind the scenes. They chose to rebel against him. So God chose a nation, Israel, to be His people. And He would ultimately bring the Messiah through Israel, Jesus the Redeemer. And then ultimately that Redeemer would return to set up God's kingdom and bring, listen to me, bring rulership back to human beings of the earth. Christ has come to restore... Man's authority on the earth. We're, we're, what? Somebody says, why are we always having these problems on earth? Why is everything always going bad? Why are you getting old and decaying? It's because of the sin. It's because of what happened in the past. Christ came to do away with that. We're going to have a new body. We're going to have a resurre- a glorified body that's going to be flesh and bone, just like you have now, but without sin or the effects of sin. We'll live forever. Immortality through the redemption Christ provides. But that doesn't end there. Again, we make heaven the goal. That's not correct. Immortality with God, with Christ on this earth, is God's plan. You know, when God made Adam, He didn't make him to die. Death came by sin. And you and I were in Him, in His loins, and came from him were born with a death sentence. But Christ came to reverse it. And ultimately in his plan it will be it will reverse that. And he will bring about the rulership of God on this earth. Remember, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come, thy the goal is the kingdom. The goal is Christ and mankind being restored here on the earth. Hallelujah. That should make you shout. I always wonder what what do people think when they talk about going to heaven? I'm going to go to heaven. What are you going to do in heaven? I'm going to float around on a cloud and just enjoy eternal bliss. No, you weren't created for that. You were created to rule. Hallelujah. And let me go ahead and let me go ahead and read on here. I'm getting sidetracked. I always sidetrack myself. But God didn't subject the world to come to angels, but rather he testified, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the Son of Man that you would care for him. You did make him, that is man, a little lower than the angels, but you have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything, listen to this, putting everything in subjection under his feet. God made man, at present, we're a little lower than the angels, but ultimately we're going to be raised up. and, And everything will be put under our feet. Of course, my word faith preachers, they think they can do that now. We'll just speak of reality. That's total nonsense. Ultimately, as time goes by and we're redeemed fully, all things will be put under our feet and we'll resume the position that God had intended for man to have at the very beginning. We see Jesus now who, for a little while, the Scripture says, was made lower than the angels. Why? Because He was made in the, he came in the appearance of man, not in the appearance of angels. He came as a man. So He was made just like us, a little lower than the angels. Now He's crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everybody. For it was fitting that he, and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons into glory, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through suffering. In other words, God subjected Jesus to live as a man and to suffer just like you and I do today. So that ultimately he could bring us to where he is. He said, "I'll come and live as you, and do it the right way, and I'll die as the propitiation for your sin, and then ultimately I'll make you the righteousness of God in me. I'm gonna raise you up to be with me at my throne. Yeah. Hallelujah! You can't beat a deal, so to speak, like that. Come on now, that's the best deal you ever offered. Right. You'd be crazy to reject that. Salvation through Jesus. You, so I will be." Proclaim thy name to the brethren in the midst of the congregation, I will praise thee, and again I will put my trust in him, and again here am I and the children of God that God has given me. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same nature that through death he might destroy him who has power over death, that is the devil. And he will deliver all those through fear of death were subject to To lifelong bondage we're going to be delivered hallelujah through resurrection from death from sickness from evil from sin and and God is going to restore this planet hallelujah and his creation he's going to restore it to where it belongs glory to God and he invites us you know what is God's plan liberation of the planet or planet earth he's the rightful owner and he's the heir. It's his planet, his universe. This doesn't belong to us. But he invites the church to do battle right here and now in advance, as an advanced vanguard of his approaching army of liberation. He invites us. Ultimately, he's coming back with the church, the redeemed church, to depose the enemy and set up his kingdom. Let me read on in the Scripture. This is very powerful. We'll close with this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His strength and of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not, church, contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against powers, against world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done it all, to stand. Therefore, stand, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the equipment of the gospel of peace, and besides all of these, taking the shield of faith, with which you can quench all the flaming darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. We're at war. We're warring against these wicked spirits in the heavens who control the earth today. And ultimately, we're here as an advanced vanguard to stand against the enemy and to hold the ground to advance the kingdom while we're waiting on our Lord to call us home. Are you doing that in your life as a believer, as a Christian? Are you realizing, recognizing that, that you and I are the army of God here on this earth. We are here to serve our heavenly Master. We are here to represent Him to a lost world. The world, if you haven't noticed it, is going to hell in a handbasket. The world is getting worse and worse. Evil men, the Scripture says, would wax worse and worse before that day approaches, the day of the coming of Christ. Where are you today, my friend? Do you know the Lord or do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If you don't, I want you to take a moment of time. I want you to pray this prayer with me and invite Him into your life. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm not a Christian. I know that I'm not a believer, but I want to be. I believe You died on the cross for my sin. And Lord, I ask You to come into my life to change me, make me a new creation. I believe You rose from the dead that third day and that You ever live. Forgive me, Lord. Change my heart, change my life. And Lord, I will serve You all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. My friend, if you prayed that prayer and you believe it in your heart, you are a new creation. Write me. Email me. Let me know what God is doing in your life. We're praying for you. We care for you. And ladies and gentlemen, until next week, may the Lord bless you.
0: Thank you for listening to our broadcast. Pastor Jerry welcomes your correspondence. You can email your comments, questions, and prayer requests to him at lowercase j-c-a-r-r-i-c-k-z-i-l-l-a at gmail.com. That's jcariczilla at gmail.com. Until our next broadcast, we'll see you there or in the air.